Hey, don't we got an intro? Slap that. Ten can phone. Mike and Armand Joe, Queez, we the ones that you can depend on to bring the voices from the inside out, locked down but they not locked out, no filter over here, check what we be talking about, feet up in the trenches, bop, while you're on the fences, metal detector before you enter, shaky medical and see your stitches, they be pushing their weight around, educate, didn't have the time to wait around, taking classes while they played around, that's what we call staying down, what we call staying down, that's what we call staying down, down. Mike, Armand, Joe, Queez. Dang it, is this tin can phone? Tin can phone, man. I wonder if that I, intro will ever get old. I don't think nah, so. Nah, that ain't gonna get over. That's way too lit. This your boy, Misfit Addy, because I don't fit in with those guys. Debonair Brexit, Never Square Dressing. Yes, sir. I'm right here with my partner, Joe Rosenberger. That is what's happening, brother. What's going on, Queez, man? I'm just happy to be here with all you guys. Armand, how are you doing? No, it's called Quentin. Quarantino, that's the name, and I'm doing all right, just surviving. Mike, how you doing now? Are you sleeping? Oh man, I was on that night shift, you know, sweeping up, doing all that stuff. I need a shot of coffee. <laughs> oh, don't say a shot of coffee. That's how you Pri- say it's it. prison slang. <laughs> that's that's contraband language. Oh, that's contraband language. That's what I was story. gonna say. I was gonna say a shot of coffee is contraband, isn't it? Sir, it is. If it, it come from somebody is. else, I love it. Well, <laughs> yeah, you know, my my Sally next door has got a shot of coffee for me this week. <laughs> our episode contraband. What does that mean? Listen, there's two different meanings of contraband. Now, Michael, you the only one who I can't even say haven't been inside because you show been inside. You was inside just as much as us. So you the only one who had, wasn't incarcerated. So I need you to grab me some contraband. Show me, show me where your contraband at. What, what contraband you got? Show me some contraband. Show you some contraband. I don't have any contraband right now. I, I just got no like, contraband. There's peanut butter in my peanut butter jar. So, <laughs> so look, this is what we're gonna do, you guys. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry to tell y'all this. We 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 can't have Mike on here talking about. Oh, contraband. all right. I, contraband. So, Mike, listen. Next episode. I'm gonna need you to come and produce some contraband. Are you? Are you? You? You can't be here, brother. It just got right, that party because this is some... ten can phone. And we for real. We in the street with the Michael. So peanut butter in my crunchy peanut butter jar. Does that count? Hey, no. I'm gonna figure it out. No clues. Hey, you and y'all. Hey, Spencer came over the board game. You better check out the board game and figure out oh, what contraband. All right. is. I'll some. get the manual. <laughs> and just... Don't come back with the phony contraband tokens because that's not acceptable. I gotta have real. <laughs> Not contraband. I think I can do it. Well, y'all, y'all do this show justice. You inform those listeners all about what is and is not allowed. I cannot even for my ears. You are not allowed today, Michael. You are contraband right now in this conversation. Well, just (laughs) five before you gotta line up for count. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm out. Rest easy. Later, Michael. You better bring back that. like a brick of cheese or something, like something good. I'm just so, hey, something he smuggled something? in his pants. He, Listen, he does, if he doesn't smuggle whatever he brings in his pants, I'm not don't. accepting it. Facts. Facts. <laughs> hey, facts. We're going to put the rules on it that he don't even know. We're going to see how much. You know, he's been around the guys. You feel me? He's been around the guys. Let's see how much he's picked up. So wait a second. This is a great first topic. 
like what are the rules of contraband what does what does something have to be to be contraband Please tell us hold on hold on are we talking minimum or are we talking maximum we're talking where everybody starts maximum okay so again, most people start there's there so i'm gonna just speak for the ones who made everybody want me to say a shank i'm not saying no shank we all know that's contraband um when i had my mike and nikes in my white tumbler and i just i like to pour them i don't like pouring them in my hand i like to pour them in my mouth out the tumbler i got hit with contraband bro <laughs> i'm sorry i, I thought it like it, i can't be like more in, like i just i'm real like i got hit with kind right of you that. you like that's literally the dumbest thing i've ever heard happen to somebody i mean they got the pencils and the cups right well like that's the thing like what you're saying is that yeah you, okay so so you have hold, hold on hold on Armand, hold on but you if said you the have, rule. right but you're saying that it's a rule like the rule that you just that you just brought up for us is that if you put something into a different container than what it originally came in, Facts. then both the container and the contents are now contraband. Yeah, it, it's considered um, altering. Once you alter something, it's a wrap. Yeah. Fuck, chew on it, you alter it, but whatever. But you <laughs> said the So for everyone at home, contraband, um, an apple, like that, I used to get nailed for that all the time. Yeah. I'd sneak an apple in my sock, Trying to get the go back to the bag. unit, and that big fat CO would always come out there and just bust me for having an apple. You gave me the apple. Dude, this reminds me very but, specifically, uh, if, if, it, if I may, of a story where a CO saw a guy walking down the hallway with a sack lunch for medical. And he stopped him and took the apple out of his bag because you're not allowed to have an apple in your cell. And then he started to eat the apple in front of this man. And he gave him the sack lunch back, took a bite of the apple and said, all right, go back. Go back to your cell now. That's crazy. Yeah. So, like, I don't you know. know. I guess like, that's relevant, but how much? Hey, you know what? I'm like, BG, man. They I don't want to start this off. Of- hey, free the homie BG. They tried to cook the homie for the oranges in the chow hall. My- <laughs> 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 hey, he started tripping, man. Free the homie BG. Man. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let's let's get back to business. Let's talk about the rules of contraband. Yeah. What like classifies an object as contraband? We know that if something is put into a different container than what it came in, altered. you're not allowed to have it altered, right? I know that if you use something for some other purpose besides what it is intended for, then it's contraband. Right. You know. So like if it's contraband. Uh, if you if you use soap to hang like because you, you ever see people like they would get a bar of soap wet. And they would stick it on the wall. And then you could hang something from the bar of soap because it's mm-hmm. stuck to the wall. People would hang their TVs from bars of soap. But then, then hang porn hung, in the like, shower. Yeah. People would oh yeah, <laughs> people would hang I mean porn was contraband. You'd walk into the shower stall and it's just like literally a mod podge of porn on the wall. It's a collage. <laughs> You're like, man, how many like what am I standing in? Facts. <laughs> but you already know you gotta spray the shower down with the disinfectant. Oh yeah. Even get in. Oh yeah, yeah. But anyway. Down. Even that, trying uh, to have your own disinfected, like you try to buy your you try to buy your your cleaning materials and you mixing it together and shit. Oh, contraband! Or, or if like you're only allowed to use the cleaners on the toilets Fact. and in your bunk area, and if you you take it to use it anywhere else, they're gonna be like, "Hey, what are you doing? That's that's contraband." You know, like I why do you have that cleaner in the hallway? I don't know. I'm going to use it somewhere else. And they're like, no. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, I. But, but no, I the, always the thought it, it was is crazy 
when, when I'm not to cut you off, Joe, but when because I feel like a lot of the contraband comes down to like this like power struggle between like a CEO that's having a bad day and then like he's trying to follow the rules. So like I always it always blew my mind when they like would take artistic stuff. You know, like it's like that's different than like having like a cell phone or you know miscellaneous well, little you know this or that. So you brought up something else interesting here. I'm honest that if you give something to somebody, it's contraband, mm-hmm. right? Like so, Queez, we never got in trouble for this, but I gave you a notebook one time. Facts. And like that was an illegitimate transaction between us, technically. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I'm sure you still have it. I still have one that you gave me. Facts. And not only did you give it to me, but then we put we made a collage on the notebook, which is like if you cut, if you rip out a piece of paper from a magazine, they'll take it from you as contraband. Facts. You're not allowed to keep magazine clippings. So like pretty much everything we did to like have a rewarding friendship with each other and to like be friends and hang out and spend like healthy time as people together yeah. was all illegitimate and not allowed. Like yeah. our time itself was contraband at that point, no, yeah. the basis of our time. Just when I used to come down to the bunk and pop it with y'all and just, and just, you feel me be sitting over there. That was at an area. You feel me like Dan could have went to the hole for that. Shit if the right, right. One of the CEOs that uh, our mom was talking about, if one of them CEOs was on, that's why you, if you remember sometimes when they would, I would see them through the window doing they walk, you feel me? I had to like dip back, but my bunk was so close. Like I was already, we was in the same hallway, but just you're right. Just the time that we spent was, uh, contraband it was illegitimate. It was, it was yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy. And it's like, give me another version of, of, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying, going back to the small, back to the small stuff. If you and two buddies have a delicious spread, and now that you guys are combining foods together, I've seen CEOs just take the entire meal and throw it away. You know how disrespectful that is when you eat that? That's all you have is that meal. Hold on, hold on. I just want to take this moment to call out Officer Columbia River Correctional Institution, who is known. (laughs) Oh my, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. She is known for watching people make food together. She'll see people pool their food together and she'll watch them do the whole process of making it. And as soon as they have it in different bowls and they're ready to eat, she'll walk over and tell all of them to stop and take all the food and go throw it all away and make, and then she'll say, okay, good night. Go to your beds, go to your bunks now. She sends you to bed hungry because you were going to commune with your friends in the day room, which is what people have been doing, by the way, for thousands of years, more than thousands of years. Our our producers might have to edit this out, but (laughs) (laughs) you know what? I mean, I feel like that's okay to say right there, Queez, because what she did was atrocious. It's just an emotion. Yeah, I get it. No, I mean, well, yeah, that's how I feel. I just can't say it quite like you did. Yeah. (laughs) I just want to <laughs> shout out that one mother that looked like an action figure. <laughs> um, I want to shout out that one dude who got walked off the premises because he was all in the bitch emails. <laughs> you should have left the bitch alone. Wait, is this, is this like tin can phone, like raw episode right now? Like contraband, nah, contraband nah, episode? Nah, nah, nah. Our, our our captain ain't gonna like that. Let's get back. Let's okay, and we we can't we can't have it so that the first time that Michael leaves, we're just like totally spiraling into the rabbit hole, just like 
Yeah. I mean, first <laughs> of all, real though, first of all, how, did I, how did I make it through prison and I can't even sound like it? Listen, anyway. real, real life, all games aside, shouts out to any CO that was really for the, the boys in blue, the ones who, who really looked out for us, the ones who let us, y'all I mean, shouts out to y'all, to the rest of y'all, y'all can chuck on the dead dog, that's on gang. Free all the homies up out that month, we moving on from there. Yeah. No, it's right. true, though. Awesome. It, it is in the sense that it's like the ones that just let us do our thing could understand. They had a little empathy for us. Like, you know what? These boys ain't got shit, but it brings them a little bit of happiness to mix some ramen noodles with a shit meat stick and then make a burrito. And then at least for next hour, they have something to do. They're happy and they're going to watch uh NBA or whatever, but like cool, everything gonna be cool, bro. Like it was, it it was for sure a power thing for those. Listen, there's this such thing called as um a chaos agent, and these are people who are sent to certain organizations. They're sent to join certain powerful organizations and cause havoc within the organization, and um, so they're called chaos agent, and they're sent on powerful or organizations that are becoming powerful the wise the ones that have followings and um the ones that shed light right so like you got to think some of those dudes when they see like they see all different type of adults in custody so when they see somebody that kind of got some sense about themselves and they always try to do to bring them down like they're not messing with the dudes that's running around smoking cigarettes and doing all whatever they're doing but the ones that kind of got a little sense about themselves, they, it's like they want that when they search your bunk or they search your cell, they throw your pictures on the ground. You feel me? Like it's just like they do when they see what books you're reading. Like I always try to tell the homies, whatever you holding on to, like they gonna see, they see who you are when you're not in that cell. So I always had self-help books, I always have just all the like real estate books, music books, business books. So when they come in your cell and they see it's clean and they see shit like that, then it's like you know, like, they kind of like, all right, let me see what's up with this dude, you feel me? So it's really kind of on us, too, to present. Like, they already got an assumption that they have about right. us. You know what I mean? We can't live into the stereotype. Are they going to treat us as, you know, um, one size fit all? You feel me? And that, like, you know, and one inmate is all of them. I like that you said that, because that definitely makes me think about how the way, like, the way that a, a guard will assess a prisoner. Like, they're wondering, like, what do you have on you? Right. And if you're representing yourself, like in a very clean and just just like guiltless which is kind of ironic to call yourself guiltless in prison but like even though you're guilty as in a general way there like you have to rep- you have to present yourself as being innocent despite that which is really f-ing hard and like you can't have your hands in your pockets like you're self-conscious about that you got to walk a certain way like you're like am i walking like i got something in my pants because other people are or that's what they're looking for right and you might only have a sugar packet in your pants but you're going to treat it as if like you're hiding like a knife up your ass. Facts. you know what i mean like <laughs> am i walking am i am i walking okay it was my face composed am i am i not am i sweating i gotta wipe the sweat off the side of my face because if like i could get patted down i gotta get through this hallway Facts. i want to have sugar in my coffee i gotta get through this hallway and <laughs> and um real life or how many no, times did you how many times you go to the yard how many times you go to the yard to get a bag of coffee from from a friend you're like hey man i have no coffee this week can you get me and he's like yeah i'll bring it to the yard but like still if he brings it to the yard you have to make it back inside or you're not gonna have coffee and you're still gonna have to pay him back right, right. and like this is a big thing like a big <laughs> precarious thing dictating your life you're behaving entirely different around these circumstances right. which are so simple 
<laughs> it's summertime, 97 degrees. Dude is in a full jean jacket and jeans <laughs> on the yard because <laughs> he just wants to he look didn't... less conspicuous with some coffee. I'm dead, bro. That's so real. Hey, though. how about how about at Columbia River? They started. They changed the rule. They were trying to humanize everybody and said, "You can go to yard whenever you want now. No more yard lines. You can just come and go from the unit to the yard, yard to the unit." Okay. And Sergeant was like, "I'm trying to get this stopped. I don't want inmates in the hallway passing contraband." And it's like, so you, if I pass somebody a pencil, that's going to make you restrict everybody else's freedom. If I pass somebody a spoon of coffee, or a a card that I drew and sold to him that he's going to send to his girlfriend. No one gets to go to yard when they please. We're not allowed to be humanized because of that. Think about that, guys. Well, go ahead, Armand. No, no, no. You're about to make a good point. But I, I was just thinking on another thing, like how some books, and you were even alluding it to like you want to, you know, have certain books around. And, you know, even if you're not engaging the books, you want to have them around to at least have the look of innocence. But some books, I had about three books that were sent in that I never got because they were considered contraband. Um, I think it was like a Robert Greene, like a book about power and psychology. Like they had some coding coding books too, like HTML coding. Like they're like, nah, that's contraband, not allowed in here. They have a whole book filled of books that you can't get in the facility. Yeah, and a lot of books you can't even get in due to the cover. Like the cover art literally could stop a book from getting in. The book you're talking about is Robert Greene, 48 Laws of Power, and uh, the 50th Law um, with 50 Cent. And uh, great books, though. I had them before they could, before they stopped them from coming in. Oh, God. <clears throat> it's just, um, but what was you ahead. saying, Joe? What was, what was that last thing that you were speaking on? Oh, just how Sergeant was trying to, like, so the whole, yeah. the whole initiative where they were like, you can go to Yard when you want now yeah. at Columbia River. They were like, we're trying, like, that's a very human, like, we're trying to humanize you guys. And it was like, no, I don't want this to be happening. I'm going to shut it down. As soon as I catch people passing contraband, I'm going to try to get this shut down. And it's like, so we're not allowed to be human because we're doing a human, we're, we're doing human things. Humans have been exchanging things with each other, trading, bartering, right. helping each other, right? When you trade something, usually it's because both people, both parties are gaining something. Fair exchange ain't no robbery. Exactly. So, so like, but nobody's getting about- robbed. You got to think about this, though. Some people who usually don't have a life or isn't happy with their life, what do they do? They become workaholics, right? Yeah. So these guys are are, are, are human. Most of these guys are um, military background. Most of these guys are, you know, they was raised their whole life like this. And then they get into, you know, corrections and they really want to be cops, but they can't make the cut to be cops. So they get into corrections because there's no physical, you know, challenge for them. But they engage, like, their job is everything. Like, they're real-life detectives. Them dudes wasn't just COs. Like, to, the, to them, they were a real-life detective. Like, they took tape home and studied tape at home and watched units at home. And I'm telling you this with 100% guarantee that this is, has happened because, you know. I, I know. Have- I remember officers at Clinton River would take and Joe, you dropping names, bro. So of course. Ah. No, no, hold on. Hey, hold on. I haven't even spoken on Officer Snake River. Hold on, but let me answer your question, though. Let me answer your question, though. Right. They engage themselves just like any workaholic would. People lose themselves in their jobs when their real life is not as interesting. Exactly. So when they're 
doing their thing. Like they get together, they drinking beers and all that shit, watching tape. Like the, they're real detectives at that time. Like, and you can't tell them that they're not. So then when they come back to work, they think that we're, and sometimes the inmates or the adults in custody do like we plot like, oh, we know when this CEO come on, we gonna move like this. When this CEO, like we, it's homework on both sides. But some CEOs don't understand that not all adults in custody is playing the cat and mouse game. Like they're so caught up in what they're doing that it's with everybody, even with each other. Like you seen the crazy shit that was going on between CEO and CEO, and like it was just it was a mess. You feel me? And we tend to forget that we uh, dehumanize them. Like they're CEOs, but they're not humans. Like these, they're humans too. Like they come work. Right. Like they wives don't give it up, and then they come to work mad. You feel me? And want to trip on <laughs> us. And and you know they they have sticks up there. just like sometimes we be like man that seals up you feel me wooty wop but to answer the question these dudes is engaging because they're real people and they need therapy and they need to be content with their life most of the time the seals that act like that they have nothing else going on their life their job that job is everything to them and you could tell by the other seals when you talk to them and they have horses and they have businesses and they have all these other things and being a CEO is just another job that they feel like they're giving back for whatever wrongs they have done or whatever, however they was raised, they give right, them back. Serving the community. And the CO, you feel me? So it's just like, you just got to think about the mental state of the CO. Some of them dudes living in fantasies and some of them people have lives outside of prison. So when they walk out of prison, it's just like, they're going home too. And I actually had CEOs tell me that like, man, I'm getting out. I'm, I'm getting out. I see y'all. You feel me? Or I'll be like, you feel me? Like I just had CEOs joke around like, bro, like I'm here. You got, cause you can't be minimum unless you got four years or less. You got four years. I got 30. Cause MCOs is doing 30 years because they go into that prison every single day. They doing yeah. th- they 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 doing life too. So we just we gotta humanize them and understand the mental capacity that they possess. You feel me? They humans and sometimes they don't well, got no life. So they they job is everything. That, <laughs> that reminds me of uh, there was a time that I I uh met this CEO that was like training, he just started, and um I was talking to him contraband and he was sorry, but I mean, he will, he realized like for him, I guess like, I'm trying to relate this to contraband now that you brought it up. I don't know if I can. I'm not, no, I just forgot. I'll cool. just, what is we, <laughs> contraband? No, but no, we, we, we definitely, I guess, wandered a little bit, but I think that's okay because we're discussing the circumstances around CEO's behavior and why they go after you for these things. Facts. It's important. And no, but I just wanted to like bring up like the CEO I met, like he started to realize that like he was also there. Like, just because he was working there, like, he was still, like, living in a prison for, like, half of his wakeful day. You know what I mean? So, like, as as people who were are formerly incarcerated, we like to champion this whole idea about how it's, what it's like to live there and to exist there. And as it relates to us that as we, as we live there. But um, these CEOs, like, we never think about them, about how they spend half of their time in the prison also and they're they're operating under this like under different power circumstances than we are they're on the opposite end you know what i mean and that definitely plays with their psyche differently and uh i mean yeah but but no sympathy man they chose this career and and this that the other thing you can go back a million times you know you can make one one mistake one mistake and you're in there but hold on hold on it's never it's I'm not even trying to bring up a question of sympathy here. I'm just trying to like understand on a basic level, like what's going on with this person. Like they, like we can't just ignore the fact that they are also suffering. Like, no, they're not happy. We know that. 
And we're trying to be like, oh, we suffer so bad as people that live there and people that used to live there. It's like, yes, that's true. Let's acknowledge the other true facts that as a worker at that prison, they're suffering. No one's happy with that job. No, you're wrong. You're wrong there. You're perfect. You're, you're totally wrong there. Them dudes love really? that. They in the gym. They slap boxing, slap boxes. Them dudes yeah, they love think that. They love it. No. They think they listen, love it. Why do you think they're losing their wives? Because they're just too fucking copish. They're taking work home and they're like, you you don't think he's in the hallway like, huh, huh, go that way, go that way. Like he's loving it. He's loving it. <laughs> them dudes is, is, man, listen, them dudes is loving it, bro. You got to remember, I worked in intake, bro. I worked in intake. They love, they, why you think they spend all their time there? And they wives be at home lonely than a mother, you feel me? And then that's why they wives start choosing up too. They so obsessed with the dudes in prison. That's why they wives get obsessed with them too. You feel me? Shouts out to the Hey. <laughs> no, oh I think that there's something true to that. Let me let me build on that real quick. I think some of these guards, they just hate when they see a young dude up in there. He might even be an old dude up in there doing half the time, done half the time. It has more swagger, demeanor, and seemingly things going on on the outside than he does at his day-to-day job. All he has is his job. We're making moves. We might be making moves inside. I might be making moves outside. You don't know. I was making a million moves. Back. And I could tell the, the, the officers that could see, you know, when I had like a cute little thing come visit me and we're eating candy bars and you know what I mean? Then I'm up on the unit. Uh, you know, running a card table or this or that. And I could just see him. And he's like, you know, next time that little cute little 23 year old comes in, I'm going to search your back, dude. So Facts. you better be ready for all that. Facts. Because there are dudes that got more going on. You got to think too. Like I used to hit that because I didn't have a job you for the longest. And then I used to hit them when they would say something to me. They would always say something to me about work. And I'd be like, how much you get paid? Like how much is your check? How much is your next check going to be? And then I would have that put on my books. Because I know they looking like, man, listen, I don't need the job. Give it to somebody who need it. You feel me? Like, and they really just couldn't stand that shit. But the difference was I was never super rowdy in their face, loud. Like, that wasn't my character. You feel me? So, but they was able to see, like, I'm not going to play with y'all. Like, I'm going to be respectful. But, hey, uh, hey, give it to somebody. And they just hated that demeanor. Like, they just hated when they can not get to you. And then it becomes, like, a thing to them. Like, um, the one, whoever, the big goofy, he's a goofy. The big goofy op, uh... Like, he, he took hey. a splitter from me, you feel me? Like a splitter, which was contraband because I didn't buy it. But it was a it was a splitter in my TV, so two sets of headphones could be plugged in. And I had a, you searched my entire bunk and out of everything, you took a splitter. And he was had all rights to take it because it was contraband. But it's like, come on, And a splitter is like the most, me, like, again, it's like one up. of those things that you can use let so me, you have a cell you guys can both vibe. Hold Joe, on. I'm sorry. Let's, let's not pay attention to the fucking details of a damn splitter. I'm sorry, because there's a very important rule that Quiz just brought up. Out of all the things that he took, he took a splitter. Do you know why? Because he had to take something. Facts. That is one of the rules of contraband, is that there has to be contraband. If you're a prisoner, you have to have contraband. Facts. Even if you don't, you must. You Facts. must because you're a prisoner. Woo. So when a new CEO is being trained, they tell them, they're like, when you're searching a bunk, you know there's contraband find it take something and i had an officer come up to my door one day he opened the door which in the morning nothing's going on we all know that about a medium prison you're not nothing happens in the morning so when your door opens panic time 
What is happening? Who's coming to my cell? Where do I have to go? I didn't have a call out. My door is opening at a strange time. It's not a line movement. Like, am I going to the hole? All these things run through your mind. You're panicking. Fact. Fact. Right. So this, this particular occasion, <clears throat> I go to the door. The officer meets me there. And he goes, look, I have to search your cell. But I don't want to. Give me something you're not supposed to have. So like, I gave him a hat that somebody gave me. Right, but the whole point of the story is not that how cool he was, because I, I did appreciate what he did, that he yeah. didn't come tear apart my cell. Fact. The point of the story is like all he needed, his job did not require him to actually search my cell. It was not about the search, it was about taking something from me. So every time yeah. a cell is searched, they'll just take something from you. They'll like anything, anything. I had a ruler that broke in half. I still used it to measure things because nothing in your cell is longer than a foot. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but so if I had an eight inch long ruler, I kept it because it was entirely useful, but it was broken and they took it one day and that's all I had to be taken. And I was like, really? And, but that the whole point is like, they didn't want to leave with nothing. They'll take an extra roll of toilet paper just to write down on that contraband slip, that cell search slip, shakedown report, they call it shakedown report, shakedown report. extra toilet paper. How many, how many did I have that say extra toilet paper? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that, but that's very telling of how they look at you that you have something, that you are, you're doing something wrong, that you are wrong for what you're doing. And nine times out of 10, you do got something. You'll be happy. People, I mean, we yeah. tend to, like, we tend to be like, well, we ain't got this or this or this. So, you know, this- Well, don't, conf- don't confirm what they believe. Because the Fact. reality is, like, reality is we don't have anything wrong nine times out of 10. Mm. But technically, yeah, we true. do. If, if we're looking at the rules of the prison, yes, people have contraband. But if you're looking at the practicality and rationale of life, Facts. then people have the things that they need. Very rarely do you run into somebody in prison that has a, a shank or a knife. No, facts, facts, facts. Right? Very rarely do people have drugs. People keep drugs to themselves. It's not just diffuse across the prison. Everybody's got drug drugs. This is the thing, Joe. You just really wasn't with the shit. Like, with the shit. No, I, no hold on. Listen, hold on. I saw hold on. dab pins, joints. Hey, listen. Yes. I can't, no, no. Wait. I wait. Get that, bro. Like, because I know for a fact, like, boy, it was booming. You feel me? So, I like, know. No, it's booming. And it, but it seems like it because our worlds in there are so small. But on a large part, most people that use shakedown, most cells after getting a shakedown are not like the co- drugs are hey, constant. I would shout say. Shout out to that one CEO that they tried to put under investigation, man, because they said that he was the reason all this. Oh, it's this, this guy. <laughs> this, oh my. Hey, man, shout out to that one dude, man. I'm glad you beat that, man. You got a job still, man. Hey, it's it's easy, My bro. Bad. Listen, when I was in, listen, I'm talking about zaps a week, zaps a tree, bro, like meth, heroin. No, I like, know, yeah. Like, but, what do you mean? But I'm like one about, person. When I was at Deer Ridge, only one person had all the weed. All and sure, he sold this, it. We're speaking on Columbia River. I'm sorry, Columbia River. I mean, yeah, only. Uh, you know what? I can't. I got to check out of this subject because I didn't. I didn't really. You're right. I got to concede. You're right. I don't know what the f- I'm talking about. Okay. Right, next. <laughs> next. <laughs> okay. I, anyway. No, no, but I think we bring up some good points here that there's levels to this shit. Like, like anything. Like a Sharpie that I would take from the classroom when I was tutoring and go sell for a pop ticket. That is different. Than that the dude, and the pop ticket than, are contraband. And the dude who was at Coffee Creek with me that had like an ounce of meth in his ankle. So there are levels to this shit. 
You know, okay, what I Armand, mean? Armand, did you have to say the whole word apple? Because that was really aggressive. You could have said it because I would have understood it wasn't in his I, butt cheek. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Holds no punches. <laughs> <laughs> so we know who was hey. watching up earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Can I? Okay, wait. This video is going to need some serious editing. Anyway, we can't do that with Tin Can Phone, by the way. It's raw. It's just first cut. Anyway, can I tell you guys a story about my first ever contraband? Let's hear it. Yes, of course. My first ever contraband was toilet paper that I rolled into a tight ball and I got it wet and I squeezed it into the tightest possible ball and rolled it tight and let it dry overnight. And while I was bored in my cell, I would throw it against the wall and it would bounce back to me. And I would just throw it and throw it and throw it. And a CEO caught me doing that one day and made me give it up. And they said, you can't have toilet paper like that. It's contraband. It's not meant for that. And they <laughs> took it and they wrote a contraband slip. And, um, and I, that was, this was in Washington County Jail. And uh, a few weeks later, a CEO came in and shook down my cell and took a, uh, a piece of cardboard. You know, the, you know how you buy a pad of paper and it's got the cardboard on the bottom? Thanks. So I, I ripped that off the back and I turned it into a chessboard. And I use it to play chess. They don't give you a chessboard in county jail. And um, a CEO came in and took it. And I was like, hey, why are you taking that? And he goes, oh, do you want to keep it? Because I can write you up for contraband if you want me to give it back. And then I'll take it anyway. But I'm being nice right now and just throwing it away like you never had it. And I was like, either way, it's fucking miserable for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the worst part about the whole contraband on small levels like that. It's just like... My life already sucks. And you're taking my chessboard away and my toilet ball, bro. Really? My like, toilet it's already ball. not going good for me. I mean, I'm not even happy with a chessboard on the cardboard or a toilet paper ball. Like, that's not like that life. That didn't enrich my life greatly. It just distracted me from wanting to carve away the wall with my own fingernails. You know what I mean? But wow. anyway, <laughs> but anyway. Like, what do you guys, what were you, like, what did you guys experience first with contraband and how did it confuse you? Hey, you're going to have to go out mind because I can't even really remember my first contraband. <laughs> first contraband, man. I mean, just as far, like, you know what, the, you know, I remember. Go ahead, go ahead. I landed in county jail when I was younger, as I'm a you know, teenager, and a guy wanted to sell a phone call and I, I, got, I gave him a phone call and. Explain that process. How did you give him a phone call? He was like, hey, no, 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 no. How is it done? Tell us how it's done. Okay. So, all these, first off, there's all these billion dollar corporations that take advantage of uh, us using the phones in there. Uh, some folks don't have any money. So, when I see someone that kind of is in need, kind of look like he's down on his luck, and he's just like, yo, he asked nicely. He's like, man, could you please make a phone call to my girl so I can pop on and talk to her for a little bit? I was like, bro, I don't care. I have plenty of phone money, and you want to talk to her for a couple minutes? I'll let's let's let it ride. So I go over there, boop 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 boop, put in my little info, my little number, and everything, and then just kind of drop the phone and and waltz away and 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 let dude and I kind of watch him, watch around and just let him take his phone call, and they let us take the phone call, but then right when he's over, they're like, uh, both you selling. I was like, what? And they're like, uh-uh, you can't do that. Cannot do that. And from that, that was, I mean, that was when I was a teenager. So I was like, oh, this is how we're playing. 
you know, doing in my head, I was doing something nice for someone. I was like, okay, bro, you need a three minute phone call, whatever. Say son, your girl, I'll do that for you, bro. It's not, it's not a big deal at all. And hey. just that act alone was, we were selled in for 24 hours. Me and this dude. Hey, even taking that selling though, I still do that shit again. You feel me? Cause it's like you let every somebody, time you let somebody talk to their son, you let somebody talk to that girl. Um, I was sitting here thinking, bro, yeah. and like I was corrupted at a young age. My uncle actually showed me contraband before I ever even like really been to jail. I was well, yeah, I have been to county juvie and county a couple times, but this story specifically, like this, this like he had meth on him. We get cough, boot, gun in the car like crazy. You feel me? This when I catch my gun case, and uh, we in the back seat. And I remember like I, I, you know, you always hear stories and you hear about this, but you, I, I ain't never really seen it. And uh, so we in the back seat, handcuffed. He next to me, and he like got the his handcuff. He got handcuffs on, but he got the meth in his little pocket. So he pulls it out his little pocket. You feel me? With the handcuffs on, and boom, he stuffs it in the keister. You feel me? He keisters it. And this is like on the street, on the way to like get us just getting arrested. And I seen it and I was like, what the he just put it in his pants? So then I took the I had and I just like, just put it in my butt cheek. Like I didn't like, you feel me, stuff it. So I'm like, yeah, I'm good, you feel me? And um, we gets to jail and, and, and uh, <laughs> we gets to jail and they take us to the little strip room, you feel me? And we just fall right up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I had like some fizz and some other shit like fell out and I got hit with that too but like I my like I never really realized what I what I seen and like he made it into the jail like he shot me some in jail and like we just boomed up like from that point forward like it was never no need to go to canteen and I was young I was I was, I was like that's my first county bid then like right after that I went to prison I would always find that kind of sad once you like the people that had done at the time and you know what I mean? It's like you'd, you'd see someone that they've done like three sets. They might be in their 30s or something right now, 40s even. Yeah. And they stay ready for jail and prison. Like they stay yeah. ready. Like I, I, I used to have, I've had multiple guys be like, yeah, bro, I hit the street with a package ready to go up that thing if I need it. You know what I mean? Because I might yeah. just be going back tomorrow. I live like that. Yeah. So I better stay ready for that. And be able to get people high and have some sort of money. Out to Wait a one. second. Shout Let's... out to that one dude who let his wife talk him into violating his suspended sentence so he could come back. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> For the homies? <laughs> I don't even want to know that story. That's tragic. Anyway, but I'm just... I it, it causes me a lot of pain and grief to think that people are taking around balloons ready to go up their rectum. Uh, you're living out of prison and you're packaging contraband for prison. Facts. And and think about that. Like, dude, if I, if I got fired from my job or if I quit or something, I wouldn't still practice the same habits that I do to get ready to go to work for that job. Right. Well, I guess I could be going back to work there tomorrow. It's different. You know it's, I mean? it's survival, but you got to know your life. You feel me? Some dudes. Know I know. I know. But like, but here's the, here's the thing. Like some dudes know they're not ready to give it up. Facts. I, but like that, I just, I have so many arguments against that because like, I guess if you're not ready to give it up, you're not ready to give it up. Facts. But like there are, there's, there's a lot more to say on the subject than that. Why aren't you giving like, if you're like, are you you're really that okay with going to prison? Yes. Some people are nobody until they get to prison. 
Some people are just tweakers, smokers, just nobody stealing from their family. They get to prison and then they become the homeboy and, you know, they become somebody. So yeah. when attention, being somebody, um, fame is a, is a drug, it's an addiction, you feel me? So, like, you got you to gotta think. People go to prison and you become a homeboy. You get a little weight up under you because you're not smoking no more. And you actually have a name. You are actually somebody. You, are you going to want to leave that place? Knowing when you Knowing when you go so, home, knowing when you go home, you finna go home straight to that package. You finna go home and, so are and you be saying, a smoker again. Are you saying that, I mean, what I have sort of divined out of this is that if somebody has that attitude about it, like, they're pretty low down on the streets, which I mean, if I feel pretty low to the ground myself and I'm not doing any of that. That's just the way prison primes you to feel before you get out. No, you feel like not- you, but, but no, well, hold on, hold on. I just want to know, is this whole thing about being prepared to go to prison, like preparing not only to like yourself to go in with what you want for whatever reason, but like you're, you're setting up yourself to be like highly regarded and highly esteemed by your peers because you're going to show up with like whatever amount of drugs you have. And that's automatically going to send you into the top of this like power scheme, right? right? You have now all of everything you need to be wealthier than anybody else around you. Right. Just in your, just in your, (laughs) and not only that, but like you can, and you can get whatever you want from people with that. People will do anything for that. You know what I'm saying? So like, if if I I guess if I if it was, if I believed that I was like more highly regarded and more fulfilled with that regard in prison, I would definitely prepare myself to go with all the power that I needed to have. And instead of just identifying this as a fact, we need to switch gears in this conversation and and talk about how that can change. Why like people like for one, prison shouldn't be a place that you go to to receive power to receive receive high regard and high esteem from your peers you should have a you should have a community i know but you no but that's the thing that we need to break down here that's what our podcast is about and this conversation's been happening and it's time to start talking about what like needs to happen for a person to be like regarded by his community because by by simply living here you should hold a certain esteem and regard from your peers unless you're i don't know like misbehaving and like affecting them negatively then it like obviously there's an intervention needs to happen but just on a natural basis a person should have value right how do we like how do people have value in the community and how does does this relate to contraband you're gonna have to break down psychological warfare within oneself so like to have value within yourself bruh like this ain't gonna just start with prison. Prison is the place where people go to find value. Like they go there, that's what I was saying. They go there and be the big guy. You feel me? But you gotta think about this. If all you known is your daddy, your uncles, your brothers, your grandparents, like you, prison is around the corner. If you in the streets, prison is around the corner. If you doing certain things, you know you doing that, prison is around the corner. They just picked up 40 or what, 78 people in South Sacramento for ADD schemes. These are people, these aren't just regular thugs on the block selling dope like these are housewives these are like a whole range of different people that are all now going to jail for something right you have the people who have never been there who is going to be something totally different for them and then you have the people who have been there who's going to get ready package up and go be the man when they touch down like you just like it's a it's a psychological warfare within oneself 
And, and, and like, I'm talking about from the mob bosses to way back then, even my culture and my age, you ain't, you can't get to certain stripes unless you hit a prison yard. You can't move up certain ranks unless you hit a prison yard. You You're not taking it seriously unless you've gone to prison. Well, the, no, mob, no, it, they, it, the, it, the mob used to call it going to school. That's what you're doing. You're going to school, man. I go to school. How, and then question for both you guys. How many people do you recall that would say, like, yeah, I got two more sets in me? You know oh, what I mean? Like, you know, like, wait, 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 wait. We've, we've gotten away from ourselves. Right. I mean, you may bring up a very valid point about contraband knowledge right like how much knowledge do you pick up about what is contraband or how to use contraband or how to like enact contraband and i remember like this guy that had spent 20 years in prison he was a gang member i won't follow my uh habit earlier of naming people you know let's let this guy be a stranger but he told me that when you come to jail it's the perfect place to learn how to commit crime Facts. And and that that and I as soon as he said that I realized he was exactly right because my first day in jail, five people or so told me how to commit my crime and get away with it, and they were like, "Oh, dude, you could have done this." And if I was let out the next day, I would have known how to do it all over again and get away with it, <clears throat> five different ways. And so, like before you even get any material contraband in your hands, people start telling you things that are contraband that and i mean for the sake of looking up contraband I'm, i feel foolish that this wasn't scripted out better by myself to include the definition <laughs> but um like i i don't know like this is a, you guys take it away yeah about, well you're talking like, about like you... the contraband of thought which is something that's not even uh you're allowed to share that because i mean you're essentially allowed to talk uh especially if you're slick with it but yeah, you make a good point about like the that the, the thought contraband. See, but this is where I'm saying, Joe, you are speaking on contraband as a negative thing. I'm looking at contraband as me teaching somebody how to survive. Like you're not going to survive in prison without contraband. It just depends on again, like my man Pretty Boy Pustos always say, it's levels to this. You feel me? So like, what I would give you in in, in in the contraband level that me and you would be on would be different than the contraband level me and the homie are who I'm doing deals with. And, all these different things. And I used to tell you, like, bro, don't even, like, you know, I'm going to be down there in a second, but let me go handle this real quick. You feel me? Like, keep you away from that. Yeah. I don't even want them to affiliate or associate you with any of that. Um, But, like, bro, I understand because I was one of those dudes. Like, yeah, I got one. I got another one in me. You got to understand, I did seven years straight, came home for, like, however long, and was right back for another three. Like, I got 10 years, and I just turned 30. So, like, for me, I seen all my uncles, my daddy, my brother. I seen everybody go to jail. My granny, my mom. Like, I done seen everybody go to jail. I done been to jail. I done been to the whole thing from foster care, jail, juvie jail, YA prison. You feel me? And I always be like, okay, I know how time is to be done. I mean, I, I, I got like another three, four in me. You feel me? Like, and I used to have that mindset until I really became and started loving myself and realizing that I'm not taking care of my body in there. I'm not taking care of my mind in there. Like I need to be free. You feel me? Like you gotta, you gotta break that for yourself, though. It's a lot of people who being free. Like I'm free in prison and I'm locked up on the streets. I don't know how to be on the streets. A lot of people don't know how to be on the streets. You feel me? So they gonna spend their time where they know how to be at. Like a lot of, like you gotta understand, especially in the state of Oregon. Like it's just a lot of things you don't gotta worry about in a sense. And like when you, we got flash screen TVs on the bunk. You feel me? Like which another thing is getting cracked for the flash screen TVs contraband but you got flash screen tv with dish network four movie channels 
you know, tablet. Like it's so many things. They make prison so comfortable that it's okay if I go back. Let me shoot, shoot me 700. That's going to be the TV, the food, the shoes, the car. That's going to be everything I need in the beginning. And we on from here because prison is so comfortable because we have, they gave us some, it's privilege compared to some places where it's, they thugging. Not saying that like the hard level or the, the physically, physical, you know, level of it. But like, just like, I just remember like laying up watching Keeping Up With The Kardashians, bro. Like I would see people running to the yard to go work out and get like to go work out. And I'm like, bro, I'm finna watch loving hip hop, bro. I'm like, I literally had the choice to just drink coffee, you feel me, and, and watch TV shows all day. And in Queez, bro, you just make it sound. I don't want listeners to hear this. It's really important for listeners to like hear this and not think that prison's just easy and that like. But this is what you know, they, that it's too good. This is what they already. This is what people already think that you go to prison and that it's too good to have a TV. That that it should like that's the thing. Like that's what makes it so miserable is that your life is unfulfilled because it's just so lazy Listen, and you have no TV, responsibilities. A TV will <sighs> never replace you being stolen from the world. A TV no. will never replace you knowing your daughter through pictures and 30 minute phone calls. A TV will never replace you going to work and being able to pay rent with your family. A TV internet which they don't have internet but cable um that shit will never replace you missing your mom's surgery and her dying that should never replace your granny that would never replace your brother dying like listen if the listeners are simple-minded enough to take what i just said and and think that it's okay to go to prison then that's probably where they need to be if they it's small thoughts for small minds i say that to say that prison hides under the illusion of rehabilitation but really there is no rehabilitation or rebuilding in prison yeah. unless you go seek it and, and do it yourself. So sorry if uh, y'all misunderstood what I was saying, but please understand that it's small minds, small thoughts for small minds. And you must forgive me for I am not sorry. And, and, and the one thing I want to say is going back to what Quee said is that, I mean, it's a social hierarchy. And for those dudes that ain't got going on for them outside, they might not even have a kid. They might have, they're just literally a drug addict. And that's how they see their life. They see their life through that vocal thing. Come on, don't even call them a drug addict. They're they people call themselves are not a drug addict. Like, I'm a smoker. Who, who, wait, no, stop, stop. Who gives a what a person calls themselves? That's how they've been primed to see themselves yeah. by the society that Bad. they are, have been exactly. like, they've just been born primed. into. They've been, so, but they've no, been no, 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 as a drug addict before you name them as a human being. Okay. Like people, people are not contraband. That is the, the entire point that I'm trying to put out here. Mm. People are not contraband. A drug addict is a contraband term that you should not call another human being because before you name a human being as anything, name them as a human. These are people who have a problem with drugs and that's not very convenient or efficient to say. But it helps your mind to see them as a human and not see them as contraband and not see them as something that needs to be culled from society, to be culled from the community, if you understand what I mean. No, I get exactly what you're saying, but the, the, the mind of it all is when they already see themselves as that. Like, I can, I can see the potential in anyone. That is a mind A lot of these smart people yes. in there that, that are sober. You know, shout out to my boy. I don't even say his name, but I went to school with him and he was a great guy. He was all sober and great shape, but he already knew like what time it was when he, when he was leaving, you know, he already knew that like he didn't have the ability 
or the tools or anything to not want to get high and didn't even have the resources not to not get high and go back to that. So when I seen him nodding off on the train talking about like, bro, don't even take my number down. Like, unless like you're wanting to be coming to this world, but you look like you have some things going on for you. You know, it's like, that's for real. Cause me and him are already talking on the inside. Like, bro, what are you going to do when you get out? And I was giving advice to him as a brother, you know what I mean? And he was already kind of on the fence of, you know, it is what it is. Okay. How do we change people's mindset? That's a different thing. I'm going to tell you guys a story. Something that happened last night. And this, God, I mean, I guess if I'm creative enough, I can relate it to contraband. But at this point, it's not even necessary. Because we, we started talking about people with contraband thoughts and people as contraband. And this is just how it is. I was on the max last night and there was a guy that came on smoking a joint with a can of beer in his hand, completely wasted out of his mind. He was screaming. He was laughing like a maniac. He was going up to people and saying nonsensical streams. of. And he came up to me and asked me for a lighter and I gave him a lighter and he lit a cigarette and he sat down and he was like, I like you, man. What's up? And I was, and I thought to myself, okay, I've got this maniac sitting across from me. And like people are calling the cops on him for sure. And like, there's a few different ways this can go, but I've got his attention. What am I going to do with it? And I asked him if he was okay. And he was like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm going to go do a bunch of terrible things tonight. And I asked him why. I was like, don't you just want to go to sleep somewhere? Don't you just want to sleep tonight? It's like 11 o'clock and we're all in the max trying to go home and sleep. Like, where are you going? And he was like, I've got nowhere to go. So I'm going to go do terrible things. And I was like, why don't you just find somewhere to go? And he laughed and he was smoking and he was saying a bunch of crazy shit. And I kept asking him, why don't you just find somewhere? I said, look, man, I looked up the, like, are you homeless? And he said, yeah, he was homeless. And I said, look, there's a Burnside shelter. Let's go there. That's somewhere to go and sleep tonight. Doesn't that sound nice? You'll wake up tomorrow morning and have nothing to worry about. And he was like, yeah, that sounds, that actually sounds really nice. Started to calm down. And I asked him if he had anything to eat. And he said, no, he said, he was actually really hungry. So I called August, my roommate, and I was like, hey man, can you pick up Taco Bell? I'll pay for it, I just need you to get it. And, he, and I explained the situation and he was like, yeah, absolutely, I'll get that. And I told this guy, I was like, hey, we're, we're getting you something from Taco Bell. He told me what he wanted, it was happening. He totally changed, was not screaming or laughing or saying crazy to people. He wasn't after and he was like, he, I said, I asked him questions and I was like, dude, do you, like, do you still feel like doing terrible things? And he's like, no, I, I just wanna just wanna go sleep somewhere. And like, he was, didn't even seem drunk anymore. And he just, he was like, man, thank you so much. And, uh, and I'm not talking about how great I am here. Cause it's not that hard, dude. And that's something else that somebody taught me cat. And I won't, I guess I shouldn't be calling people out, but cat, <laughs> listen to me, cat, listen to me talk one day. And I said, thank you. And she was like, Joe, it's not that hard. And I was on the max and thank heaven even though Kat doesn't believe in heaven, thank heaven for Kat because she taught me that it's not that hard. It's not that hard to see people, right? It's not that hard to see them as something different than contraband or the things they do or the things they have differently than as it is as contraband. Everything this guy did was contraband. He just got out of prison three days ago, this guy I met last night. He was 21 years old, homeless, hadn't had a meal, drunk, didn't know where he was going was in, in the worst chaos of his life, worse than prison. Why wouldn't he go back? 
And you know what the worst, most tragic part of that story is? The transit police came on and he didn't have a ticket. I had to get him off the train immediately. And I did. And when he got so scared, he ran off and wouldn't come back. And I kept, I was like, I was saying his name, which was Joey, by the way. My name is Joseph. And, and I kept saying, Joey, come back. And he kept running and he was like, no, 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 no. I got to get out of here. I got to go. And he ran and he was gone and I never saw him again. Well, it's only been a day, so I can't I never, say I never saw him again. But, but that's it. Let me get that on shirts, and, bro. I am contraband or something. That's it. No, Armand, what the f- you're not it's contraband. No, but it's the reverse, it's reverse psychology. psychology. Exactly. Like, you take away what they try to say we are. Like, I am this and way more. That's just like, you know, it's a culturally thing that we do. Um, I see. Try to use Sorry it. I got mad at you, Armand. I'm very, very <laughs> emotional right now. Because it's like, and that's real. I think that's a campaign that we, we need to push that I am contraband. Like, the boy, I can't remember his name right now, too. Oh, he wrote the book, uh, Born a Crime. Yeah. Trevor oh, my Noah. God. No, oh, wait, let's Trevor. No, you're right. Oh man, that's well, look. I am please, man. They're in our ear. I see it. I heard them. That's why I put my head down. Now I heard them. <laughs> what do you even talk about uh, tattoos or anything? That by the way, that. this arm is about to be contraband. By the way, this one was contraband while I was there, just to show the listeners. So who's gonna? Never mind. Never mind. Who's going to take us out? Well, yeah. What's next week's episode? Let the people know what they could look forward to. Next yeah, week's episode actually is Contraband Edition 2. We're going to continue this talk and we're going to interview Michael about this. He's going to bring us his example of contraband. And we're going to talk to him about understanding contraband as an outside person. Because it's something we encountered in class with him when we first met something that it was hard for him to understand. And uh, we're going to explain things a little to him. We had our discussion today, you know, all of us talking about our lives uh, and as it was with contraband. And um, we're going to revisit this with Michael next week. So tune in. Queez, take us out. Hey, man, it's your boy, man. Misfit Adi. You already know. Boo-foo. Buy us, for us. We in the streets with it. 10 can phone. Hey, one thing I got to say, man, free my brother BG again. I ain't going to never let him die, man. Free him till he free. You feel me? Uh, 10 can phone. We raw. We out. Joe Rosenberger, that is. In our mind. Our Pretty mind boy Poose. Pretty boy Poose. Politic and Poose. Oh, yeah. Quarantino. Puerto Rican hey. Poose with the tan right. This was Tin Can Phone Contraband. We'll be at you next week. So peace, love, free all the dogs, the real ones. Facts. Hey, Joe, you said Mike can't come back with it unless the contraband is stuffed in his pants, right? We holding you to That's that. That's right. We holding no, you that's to that. holding him to that. All right. I hope he can hear us, Mike. You Take better have something. Out. Hey, this is becoming <laughs> contraband. Get out of here. Contraband. Right. Deuces, <laughs> everybody. Like soon. I am contraband. Hey. The contraband flashed <laughs> out. We're stopping this. You are listening to the 10 Can Phone Podcast, where you can hear about the influence incarceration has straight from the sources. We tell the stories from the inside out. So make sure to check us out on Cable Community Radio every first Tuesday at 10 a.m. You can also check us out on Spotify, Apple, and anywhere you love to catch your podcast. And make sure to give us a follow over at 10canphonepodcast.com. And follow our Instagram at 10canphonepodcast. This Misfit Adi signing off. Hey.